after a week long uh, of just losing a lot of money, we are finally back, baby. All right, we're back at a at a bettable track, at a what I call a normal betting track, uh, and we're back to make some money. So, what other guy that? What other better guy, what better guy to have on this podcast? Once again, we don't plan intros. We just start, we click record and we start recording. We start talking. So what better guy to have on uh, than the guy that provides us with so much great information. We had Ryan from my fantasy race on a few weeks ago. He does a lot with the comp tracks and speed rankings. Uh, Zach from Highline betting is on with us this week and he does an absolute tremendous job. Yeah, round of applause. I wish I could have had one of those little soundboards where I could just click the button and it'd just be a big round of applause. But um, we met Zach you last year. Yet. And Zach, uh, yeah, not yet. Zach uh, has provided us with a t- like literally lap-by-lap practice information, which I use heavily when building my card. Um, you know, you can look at short run speed. You can look at long run speed. Uh, and I know there's a ton more that Zach does over at Highline Betting. So at Highline Betting on Twitter, Zach, how we doing tonight? The first question I ask everybody when they come on the podcast is, when did you become a fan of the sport? And uh, how did that lead into wagering on the sport or vice versa? Yeah, uh, first, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I uh, My earliest NASCAR memory is the 1986 Daytona 500. I would have been five years old. Um, Hell yeah. I just grew up around racing. Um, I always... Like Who driving. won that? Jeff Bodine, man. There you yes, go. Sir. Roy, I'm surprised you didn't. You know, know how I, you know how I know that? I did if I don't say shit, I forget it. So yeah. I'm not trying to interrupt your introduction because you are the fucking man. <laughs> but the reason why I remember this race, this is crazy as shit that I even rem- remember this. That ta- that race was taped on like back in the day, you know how you used to record on on VCR instead of everything else. Oh yeah. So, so it's at the beginning of one VCR recording. Then it rolls into the Celtics plane, and <laughs> after that, <laughs> into it. And I I can remember watching the end of that damn race so many times. And it, it yeah, love it. That's awesome that that was your first race. Yeah, and I uh I always. I've always liked gambling. Like, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, there was a fireman's fair by my house and they would have like a chocolate wheel, Kino, and they let kids gamble. And it was like the greatest thing. I'd fund my whole summer just gambling. You and me are brothers. Oh, you and me. Marcus sitting over there thinking the same thing. He's like, these two bugs is like brothers. They got yeah. kids. They got the facial hair. They're gambling in fifth grade. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was the kid running the March Madness pool in school, Let's man. Go. Like junior high, high school, I'm running the March Madness pool. We're all putting our brackets in. And uh, I'd say over the last three or four years, once gambling became legal, I played DFS a lot. Really wasn't that good at DFS for NASCAR. Football, I was I was pretty good at doing like the correlations and stacking. Uh, you can't really do that in NASCAR, but in NFL works. So I was good at that. Um, but it's just so stressful, and the amount of money you have to play to win, it's it just wasn't worth it to me. So uh, I, I find that I do much better just gambling, just just picking winners, not worrying about. Who's going to come in 20th? 
you know, like a D if you're in DFS, you kind of have to worry about that. So everything I do, I'm, I'm optimizing it for top 10. Um, I, I don't really care what Ty Dillon or BJ McLeod or any of them guys are doing on a particular week. Um, so I don't put much effort into looking at them at all. So gambling became well, legal you know, a few years ago. What, Roy? Well, I mean, I was just going to ask, like, I'm not very successful at DFS neither, but I'm successful at gambling. Yeah. Like, actually betting on it. I mean, DFS is fun. I don't play enough freaking entries yeah, to, yeah, like, that's the thing. you know, roll out, whatever. I found more success probably in a head-to-head of, you know, your minimum number guys pulls. Yeah, you pay more for it, but... Like, if I'm going to go into something, I want to have a chance at winning it. Yeah, you got to be right six times on a DFS lineup mm -hmm. where gambling, you just got to be right once if you get the winner or whatever else you're trying to bet that week. You know, loading up on a head-to-head, you know, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, like like you were saying, I mean, it's just using the data as more of a guide. I don't – it's not the Bible to me. It's It's a guide. I'm a race fan, so I still watch all the races, and, and I think it's probably 70, 25, 75 on the data, 25 on what I see yeah. and hear and listen to. I'm glad, kind of glad you brought that up. So let's talk about the data that you're pulling. And, like, when did you start pulling this data? What kind of data are you using on a week-to-week basis? Uh, where did you figure out that you could find this data and use this data? Kind of walk us through what, what you're all about when it comes to, to – pulling spreadsheets together, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, if you need any loop data, you can get that off racingreference.com. Um, they have the top three series. Um, you just click on the race and then hit the loop data, and that will give you where they were at the halfway point, their finishing, their high, their low, average, fastest laps. There's a lot of data there. Some of it's useful, some of it's not. Um and, and that's the free way. And if you're using that way, you got to know what you're doing, pull it into Excel, make it look nice or make it look pretty. Uh, if you want someone to do it for you, uh, me. Fantasy Racing <laughs> yeah, that's <Cheat> me. <laughs> yeah. Fantasy Racing Cheat Sheet. They do a great job. Um, Ryan and I Fantasy Race do a great job. I'm just, I, I don't know. I like making my own things. Mm-hmm. So that's why I started doing it myself. Um, and I will study what stats uh, I have available every week and how they correlate it to finishing position. So my favorite. So it's ever changing. Right. Sure. So my favorite uh, spreadsheet, the one that I use absolutely every single week, except for super speedways, because it's you've heard it say me a thousand times. You've heard me say it a thousand times. And I'm going to say it again. It's like throwing shit at the wall, hoping it sticks and maybe you hit a big outright. But. Something that I use, like absolutely going to use it this week, uh, pending the weather on Friday for practice. But the, the my favorite thing is the lap by lap. Not only does he give you lap by lap, but he makes it colorful. And green is fast. The darker the shade of green, the faster that guy was. Uh, red is slow. The darker the red, the slower the guy was. Very easy. It's a for beautiful a dummy. thing. It's a it's very beautiful and it's very easy for a dummy like me. So. 
uh, kind of what other spreadsheets are you putting together? What like just a couple examples, maybe not every week, but some of the maybe like a road course this week. Is there anything that you're going to pull and put together that may be different from another week or wh- what other options do we have? Um, usually per week, I'm looking at uh, track history and then similar type track history with the road courses. I kind of just lump them all together. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that some correlate a little differently together. Um, mostly Indy and the Roval correlate together um, just because they're like a stadium style setup mm-hmm. course. But um, nothing really different. I'm always looking at the same stats. I just may weigh them differently. Um, at a road course versus a one and a half mile or a short track. Um, this week, like since we have a new package practice, you know, I'll, I'll weigh that a lot more. Mm-hmm. So totally, totally agree with that. I mean, we, we all have our guys that we're targeting coming into this week, but it's also that, you know, I can say Toyota is going to be shit coming into here. And that is my prediction. I don't I don't see them picking it up. And if they show me otherwise on Friday, then maybe I'll be on a Toyota, you know, come Sunday. I mean, I I just I really don't have a lot of faith in what I seen last year and it didn't get any better. I mean, yeah, Bell won a road course but that was all based on all right let's come down and get four tires beat everybody off pit road and christopher bell is a wheel man and out there in a car that's so much faster than than guys out there on used tires but till they proved me wrong fade the shit out of toyota i i i'm gonna uh go ahead zach i'm gonna disagree and just on this basis like, I think they threw away road courses last year. I think that was Toyota's plan. I think they went into the season and didn't prioritize it because um, they were just all terrible. Um, I think they got a little better as the season went on, and I, I just can't see them throwing it away again. I'm a little invested in some Toyotas to start, but I'll say I'm invested at sites where if I change my mind, or they might forget to lock their odds before practice starts. I could see a couple laps. I would invest in a Toyota at a site like that. Fair. I wouldn't invest where your money's gone as soon as you bet it. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, my whole thing is, is since Cole Pern has left Toyota, they have been shit on road courses. Like last year, they were crap. The year before that, they didn't didn't run run as well as they did. And then you take a guy like Randall Burnett over there at at Childress. KFB's gonna be in a fucking rocket ship come Sunday. I I fully think he's gonna be in a good ass race car. And maybe somewhat of their struggles the past few weeks, Reddick really run all that well at at those tracks that that they kind of struggled at, Reddick was good at California. But, fair. So I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm giving you the floor here, buddy. <laughs> All right. I mean, that's we're where I'm going. Right. That's where I'm going with it going in. But I will also say, I don't believe in 
like jumping the gun, especially on outrights coming into this race. Like I, I like where I'm at as far as my matchups, different things of that nature, because I'm going with guys that I think are regardless of whether Toyota ends up showing up at a road course or if they don't, I think my guys are still going to run good. All right, speaking of jumping the gun, we're going to talk about Coda in the second half of this podcast because I'm going to ask Zach one more question, and then we're going to roll into Atlanta. Um, I didn't make money. Rory made money. I'm sure you'll hear all about it here shortly. But, Zach, before we get to Atlanta. Um, Scotty Shuffler going to make some more of that money yeah, this week. Rory always wins money. Regardless of whether anybody – I, well, I like it. Well, I hit a parlay earlier. Oh, I'm so sure you, know you did. Let's talk about it. Later. I did. All One right. of them bastards pushed hit the uh, Denny Mc... Boom. I figured out how to mute him, boys. <laughs> I figured out how to mute him. Denny McCarthy up five holes. Oh, you're up five holes and you fucking lost, like push my damn parlay. You should asshole. start a golf podcast. You know what? You know what we do? What? We come back to Denny again tomorrow. <laughs> He's going to prove himself. All right. Well, when you guys are listening to this, go check on the Denny McCarthy uh, matchup tomorrow. Zach, uh, one final question for you before we hop into Atlanta. So uh, let's talk about the way we build our cards. So for me, I use practice heavily. Uh, the COVID year was tough on me. Um, I use, you know, track history. Um, I use comp tracks. Um I love matchups. I love throwing a lot of matchups that I like. I think that's, for me, that's the best way for me to build up a bankroll is cashing matchups. You win more matchups than you lose. You're probably going to win money. My matchups always cover my outrights, except for super speedways, but we're not going to discuss that. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll take two or three outrights, you know, one or two outrights pre-practice qualifying, and then and then I'll I'll you know, grab the the number afterwards. Rory, on the other hand, is like a one to two outright kind of guy before the race. Hey, and he, I did. God hit, damn it. I did. I, sh- I, I shut the fuck hey, up. Asshole. <laughs> asshole. I did hit a damn parlay on second stage matchups. So. All right. He's muted again. Um, <laughs> so it was probably live once again, like I was alluding to Rory is a one to two outright guy. And then we'll, we'll live bet the shit out of a race. And, and he's got a very keen eye for that. So for you, Zach, when, when you're building a card, what is that? What does that typically look like pre-practice? What does that typically look like leading up to the green flag? Um, I would say early in the season, as we are now, I'm probably only grabbing, one, maybe two pre-practice, um, unless there's like an obvious value play, you know, someone that's way mispriced. Um, as the season goes on and I get more data, I, I'll probably start grabbing like three to four people before practice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just once I have the data and, and I use more seasonal data than, you know, I, I don't think something that happened five years ago matters. That's fair. Now, so like this Sunday, if you could look into the future, um, how many outrights you got? Are you taking any prop bets, placement bets, matchups? You, do you mess with matchups at all? Kind of, you know, what what would a typical I, card I, look like? Yeah, I'll have, so I'll have one to two before practice. Um, I might jump on another one to two in practice. And then if I need to get, grab someone else live, if I see someone coming quick, 
That's what she said for Rory. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so hey, I always, I always have a damn thoughtful, smiling face, whatever outset look on anything. Yeah. Like, like you have to be positive all the time. Crack jokes, if you, baby. If you're taking it, if you're taking a play, it's like. Why the fuck are you taking it if you ain't positive? Oh yeah, going into it. <laughs> and then I'll use my matchups to uh, like cover uh-huh. everything. Um, usually, I like to try to find one or two matchups that I really, really like, and, and hammer those. All right. Yeah. Well, Rory, you got anything to Absolutely. say before we jump into Atlanta? Atlanta, we're going to fucking Coda. Well, we, we got a recap. I'm recapping. Recap. You hit a winner. winner. Yeah, (laughs) I know you want to talk about Atlanta. Wait, what you mean we're not talking about Atlanta? Damn right we're talking about it. I lost all of my money. So do you not have to so do you not have to list our podcast as explicit? Well, I I did that last year. It says claim. I did that last year. Yeah, well, in theory it's clean. Uh if we ever get big enough where Spotify has eyes on us, they might not like it. But yeah, as of now, we're family friendly boys. Bring it on. Nice. Always, always. I mean, we're always so we're, by the we're book. Right, we're raising, we're right. Well, I'm raising children daily. Yeah, I ain't got no kids. Wow, I try to. My kids <laughs> will beat the shit. My kids will beat the shit out of your kids' asses because I'm still raising them like it's 1960. Uh, I just, I just saw a video of Rory after he cashed Logano live. He went and bought his one of his sons. Uh, probably the best bat that a T-baller could ever have. So that guy's living life. He loved it. The yeah, video is sweet. <laughs> yes, it is. All right, boys, let's hop into Atlanta. Um, I got a few things to say about Atlanta. Let's start off with, I was at the race. I was at all three races this weekend. Roy, you can go ahead and mute yourself because I'm about to go on a little bit of a rant here. Uh, but that probably won't stop him. Um, positives of Atlanta. Wonderful place, very easy to get in and out of, free parking, Um, you know, great tailgate area of the fan zone area outside the track. It's all good, good stuff Uh, until you get inside the infield. And uh, my buddy Jake and I, we spent some time in the garage area and the infield scoping out, talking to drivers, you know, doing some shit. Um, But the one mistake we made was we did not drink enough uh, before going into the the garage because uh, Daytona, Homestead, those uh, Bristol, those are the three places that I've been. Even Bristol's got a beer stand on the infield, okay? Um, Atlanta does not have a beer stand, does not have a liquor store, does not have a liquor counter, does not have any booze inside the infield. So there's also literally one place to pee and it's inside the garage. So, like, you, you you have the garage area, and then you have the garage where the cars pull into, and you see on TV all the time with the guys working on the cars. Inside. That is literally the only place to pee inside the Atlanta Motor Speedway infield. Now, I could be wrong. I could have been a little closed-minded. The eyes could have been not looking in the right place. Um, another good thing about Atlanta is that you can watch the – you can be on the grid. You can watch – national anthem the prayer the fired up the engines and they could start the pace laps and you'll be in your seat by lap two okay it was wonderful and we made a pit stop at the liquor store i call it the liquor store at the bar on the way up to the seats and still only missed one lap so uh atlanta thanks for having us i spent way too much money on jack and ginger ales 
Um, but I thought the racing was great. Okay. The, yes, the Xfinity series, truck series, shit show, caution fest, um, very slow. Couldn't get into a rhythm. You know, the Xfinity race got into a little bit of a rhythm, you know, the last 30, 40 laps. I thought that was really fun to watch. I was holding a Kligerman ticket, uh, and to watch him drive up the field from like 12th or 15th on the bottom line with no help was extremely fun to watch. So say whatever you want to say about the racing on Saturday. If you held a ticket with anybody in the top 10 in that Xfinity race, you were enjoying the racing. That's all I got to say. I, I had a, a wonderful time this weekend and I thought the racing on Sunday was great too. Uh, I thought that yes, it was difficult to pass. Um, but once again, if you're holding a ticket with a guy in the top five, top 10, when it's coming down the last 40 laps or so, we're, we're incredible racing. I had a Brad K ticket. I had a Blaney ticket. Uh, I did not have a LaJoy ticket, which that top five, congratulations to everybody that had a LaJoy top five. Um, so I'm going to run through my betting card real quick. Actually, before we do that, uh, Rory, what were your thoughts on Atlanta, the racing? Not necessarily your bets. We're going to get there. So I got to keep you in line here. What were your thoughts on the right, Atlanta race? So my question is, was it actually good there, like besides your betting card? Like, did you enjoy it in person versus on on TV? I tweeted out a video as I was walking down the stairs after Logano beat Brad Kay, made that move to go high that I don't ever care to come back to Atlanta. But that was just my emotions talking. Okay. Uh, I was pissed off. I lost all my money. Um, and when the bookies came calling on Monday and Tuesday, I was not thrilled about that. Aside from the betting card, no, I was freezing my ass off watching caution after caution, after caution, after caution, after caution. So no, I did not like that. But if you can, if you can clean it up a little bit, we saw in the Xfinity series, the last 40 laps, 30 laps, whatever it was, was yes. I thoroughly enjoyed watching the racing that was happening. Yes. Okay, so here here's my theory on Atlanta. In the next few years, this place is probably going to put on an old Daytona show. Yeah, worn out. Yeah. Tire, tire wear, get a little separation. You really find out who really, like, that's impressive if you lose the draft. You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, your car is handling really well because you know what? You're basically just throttled down the whole run and you don't have no blown tires. One, one of the things that I thought was um, interesting, I heard Dell Jr. say on his pod, was the tires now are going green. Like, you know, like, you don't want to go that way. Like going green as far as like using freaking, I don't know, like <laughs> like science. And oh, they're oh. not built like they used to be. The marbles that they put using out technology. there and the way, yeah, like they're using biodegradables and all this other shit in them and whatever. And he said they put up more of a powder instead of laying rubber down. Hmm. I could give two shits about what the tire's made of. Um, Zach, I... Well, I mean, my thing is, is if you can start developing a tire that actually wears out and doesn't blow the hell up because we're putting biodegradable. I see your point. 
I think this place could turn into a more like racier track where you can, as a handicapper, start having an advantage in it versus just if you're betting on the on this, you're a pure degenerate. Absolutely, like, it's no it's no professionalism involved in it. Like bingo, I, we like to. Ha- that's we like why to party. I went into the truck race. Hey, truck race live. I mean, here was my my observation. Eckes pulls out, starts dominating, and nobody even can pass. Like, they can't pass him. Mm-hmm. That's how fast his damn truck was. And I asked my son, like, I gave him my phone because we were in the Arby's line and they were taking forever. Like, I had to go get my Scotty Shuffler you know, we, we got we got the Arby's thing going on with the golf crowd over there. We 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 do we you go out and buy Arby's when you hit out right. So we I'm rolling up in there. I already took my video to them, sent it in. They they loved it. They were just laughing. They're like, "This motherfucker ain't right." <laughs> so get up there. I finally, I just asked him, I'm like, I mean, you might as well. I mean, what the hell does it hurt to ask 13-year-old? He's been around racing. I mean, he, he's been to the track. He knows what's going on. I'm like, so I had to explain the lines to him, you know. Hope I don't get fired like Taylor Mathis. That was bullshit, her getting fired. over just She wasn't even bringing up gambling. So, you know, that was bullshit. So anyway, back back to the story. <laughs> back like, to the third story. Back yeah, to the second story. Yeah, maybe we'll get I back to Atlanta. To him, I explain. I explain to him, you know, how the odds work and this and that, because he was down there looking at this guy. I forgot who the fuck was plus five hundred thousand, whatever the hell he was. Like, I'm like, yeah, that's the shitty driver. I was like, but there can be some in this race that possibly have a chance, you know. I was like, but I don't know about about that. So he rolls up there to the top and starts scrolling, and he says Eckes and then somebody else. And I was like, I already liked Eckes because I had talked about him on Land Coin on Friday night, and I didn't even have any damn Land Coin on him going into that day. And I was like, yeah, we're, we're getting that at some point. I was like, I don't trust these damn trucks. Like, you never know what they're going to do. So I I get to rolling, and I'm like, are they really leaving him up here at, like, plus 800 right now, the same that he was? I was like, no way. So I put a little bit on him. I was like, it's early. You never know. They might wreck. So then we get down to he has some shit happen that forces him to the back of the field. They get him up to plus 1,600. And, you know, my dumbass talked myself out of putting 25 on him because I was having something going on and I couldn't see, like, is his truck okay? I just wanted to see, like, a picture of it. Like, I didn't miss something is messed up on this truck. Well, I just put 10 on it immediately then. And then I went back and looked at that. And then who knows what the hell happened after that. My house gets kind of wild, you know, sometimes. <laughs> whatever, like, got kids running around. Like, it it gets wild because my kids are like I am. They're wide, 
you know, wow. You got 30 seconds and I'm muting you. So then we're just knocking Rory's stories out in the middle. I understand. I was, I'm letting it go. This is a beautiful, this is a beautiful thing. You know, like you ask, how'd your Atlanta go? Yeah. So that's fair. I did ask that question. All right. And I didn't took like Nick Sanchez. Terrible block down the 60, back, by the way. At six, I, I think I had him at sixty-six to one. So I don't know. It, it was something stupid. Once his truck looked like he got a little damage going on. So then I'm sitting there and I'm like, "All right, we'll take a shot on him." I know his truck's fast. I mean, you're just waiting on him to make a disaster happen, and. It was. It just all worked out. I like, understand. I was sitting there. I was sitting there, really rooting for Nick Sanchez. As was I. I I, I to, hit him live too. It wasn't. To it wasn't sixty six to one. I hit him live at like twenty two to one. Um, no, no, no. He was actually twenty eight. I took somebody else. Bailey Curry. Was, no, I took Jack. No, I took Jack Wood oh, yeah, once he spun fell down some at sixty six to one. All right, you're getting he muted. had the best truck. Yes, he did. That day, yes, he did, and that- and he's muted. <laughs> we, we, we spent far too much, far too much time talking about the shitty truck race. All right, Zach. Well, I mean, go, it's hey, an hey, exciting story. We got a guest. We got a guest on. We got to get to him at some I point. Know. He's been in the background for fifteen minutes now. All right, Zach. I, I'm gonna make him tell a story at the end because <laughs> I can't. Yeah, you already told you you're cut off you're from drinking, from storytelling. He's cut off. All right, Zach. Uh, I already know the answer to this question, but um, did you did you watch Atlanta? I know you didn't bet Atlanta, but t- kind of tell the, the the folks why you don't bet super speedways. And yes, Atlanta uh, super speedway. Uh, that that's it's it's the definition of throwing shit at the wall. Okay, Daytona, Talladega, throw Atlanta in there. So, did you watch the racing this weekend? What'd you think of it? Uh, I know you didn't lay any money down. Yeah, I watched a little. Um, I, I do. I, I try to bet every other race and watch every other race. So, finding a time to not bet and and take off and maybe do something with the family uh the, the restrictor plate or super speedway tracks i find that they're they're less predictable um practice data really doesn't matter they don't even practice anymore so um i, I take those weeks off uh, if i'm watching i see something live i would hit it and of course if they ever brought back top 10 parlays um that was a fun time, and yeah. I would definitely bet that again. Shit got ruined last year. Shout out Colin. <laughs> God, there's there's a freaking milli, million dollar ticket thrown around last year at Daytona Summer Race. So, all right, um, I'm gonna th- go through my Xfinity card real quick, and then uh, we'll talk to Rory. We might be here for another 15 minutes, and then we'll eventually get to Cup, and then we'll eventually get to Coda. Um, Xfinity race, like I said, I had a Parker Kligerman ticket. Uh, it was fun watching him drive down the bottom, literally by himself, uh, side drafting, going from like 12th to second. Uh, that was really fun to watch. Yes, he did have fresh tires, but uh, was holding a very substantial 33 to one ticket. Also had him top three at eight and a half to one. I, I walked down the stairs out of that racetrack thinking that I cashed Parker Kligerman top three at eight and a half to one. Uh, apparently the transponder going backwards across the line is not favorable. So he finished fourth. 
Um, and the guy that I refuse to speak about and to speak his name vocally won the race. And if you bet him at four and a half to one to win that race, well, uh, you are a winner. And I am sitting here with my, you know what, in my hand. Um, but however, I did cash one bet. Okay. And it was Jeremy Clements minus 115 for a couple units against Sage Karam. Uh, so I, I ended up losing uh, a little over three and a half units on the Xfinity race. Um, Rory, did, what, what did you think about? Did you have the guy that I refuse to talk about? And please, for the love of God, do not say his name. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, le- I'm gonna quit this recording if his name gets brought up on this podcast. You should have really hammered that Clements matchup, and that's me telling you that at a super speedway, right? Like, really hammered it. Yeah, I I loved it. Yeah, yeah. He he holds it together, and then once you found out he was going to be in pretty good yep. equipment, yeah. It's like all right, it's on now because all this takes is he'll be running top fifteen, and shit show happens, and boom, like there he is. Start gaining on restarts because a little bit extra horsepower. You got like top trucks or probably falling out because they're wrecking each other so yeah beautiful what was your i mean what was your thoughts on xfinity did you win money did you have the guy that we refused to talk about yeah we're not we're not even gonna we're not gonna talk about that anymore because i think he has a chance in the xfinity race this weekend oh jesus actually all right moving on (laughs) maybe All right, let nah. me run through Cup. Probably quick. not with Dinger. Yeah, probably, probably not, not with Dinger. Probably not. Top three. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, fuck, I just lost my notes. All right, we got him back. Um, <laughs> Cup. Uh, I had Brad outright, 18 to 1, finished second. Uh, other than that, I had absolutely no business winning money uh, at the Cup race. Uh, you know, I had a Blaney, Blaney ticket. He was running second on the inside line with less than five to go. And for some odd reason he did not follow his teammate to the high line uh when logano went up there and and then on the last lap or second to last lap whatever it was um and i'm sitting here with my once again you know what in my hand uh with uh, digging in my pockets for more money and i don't have any more um so you know congrats to joey i i went with the other penske guy I had a unit and a half on blaney at 10 to 1 should have gone with logano i think he opened at like 14 to 1 12 to 1 whatever he was at after he's on the pole he was down to like 10 to 1 um yeah joe joey logano this justin newsflash joey logano is a significant uh super speedway racer people may forget that because of the last year or so uh prior to that dude won so all right while rory is going to pick up more beer uh, let's, let's talk about Coda a little bit, Zach. So, uh, a few things are changing this week. Yes. We're going back to a, uh, bettable track as I like to refer to it as, uh, we are hopefully going to see a 50 minute practice session with gigantic track. We'll see how many laps they actually get down. What kind of long runs, uh, guys put down, you know, qualifying runs, not really sure how that's going to shake out, but a few changes, uh, as you guys probably already know. Uh, quote, low downforce package. Uh, if that means anything to me, it means that it, nothing. Uh, we, they, you know, there was all this mumbo jumbo about Phoenix having this low downforce package. Uh, and it raced, in my opinion, very similarly to what we saw at Phoenix in the past. And I don't expect that to change much 
at Coda this weekend. I could be wrong. Uh, one thing that I do think is of significance is this new tire that's coming out this weekend. I, I heard uh, Adam Stevens, who's Christopher Bell's crew chief uh, on Sirius XM today, say that um, the tire is what they're worried about compared to the downforce package. Uh, and then obviously, I think the biggest thing is no stage cautions. So um, Chris Worm put out a tweet, you know, uh, besides the road courses last year, where was the first place he went to rewatch a race? And that was 2016. I believe it was Watkins Glen because that was the last race uh, with no stage cautions. And I think that's a really good idea. I have yet to go back and watch it. I, I will absolutely go back and watch it just to kind of get a feel for strategy and how most teams did it and how it played out. Um, but this weekend, instead of basing the strategy off of the stage cautions, they are going to be able, you know, aside from shenanigans, cautions, falling at weird times, whatever, we're betting on NASCAR here still. So it's going to happen uh, at some point or the other. Um but instead of basing their strategy around these stage cautions, they're, they're going to base the strategy off of fuel runs, off of tires, off of basically working backwards from the end of the race. So uh, I think going back and, and getting a little bit of a refresher from pre-stage caution races, I think that's a good idea. Uh, but once again, I don't think the downforce package is going to make much of a difference. I'm not sure how the tires, you know, how much fall off we're actually going to have the rumblings that we've heard from the tire test. I think there's going to be more fall off. So I heard Larry Mack say today on the radio when he was talking to Adam Stevens, they were talking about tires. Um, you know, maybe they can't go 22 to 24 laps on fuel like they did last year with this tire. Maybe they can only go 17 or 18. So, you know, maybe there's a guy when there's a caution that comes out on lap three or four that can, come in, take tires, stay out, you know, make this a, a, you know, cut out a pit stop, et cetera, et cetera. I think there's a, there, there are variables. There are a lot of, un, there are a few big unknowns uh, coming into this week. So Zach, what are your thoughts on some of the changes? Do you have any comments on the downforce package? Do you have any comments on the tires? Uh, what do you think about stage cautions? Kind of walk me through what you're feeling coded this weekend. Uh, I think it's great to have a no manufactured cautions, but it is NASCAR. So they could, if we get a stinker and someone's running away, might be some debris again. <laughs> Just have to remember we, we haven't had those in a while. <laughs> um, they may be back. Um, I, I just like the different strategy. Um, if you're going to bet the race, there, there might be two different strategies. There might be three different strategies. If you're in a live betting state, you, you might want to get one guy on one strategy, one on one and one on another. That way you have a, a chance each way. Um, you, you really got to pay attention. You need to listen to the drivers and the crew chiefs. It, it's going to come down to strategy unless there's a late race caution. So I'm really excited about this week. Yeah, this is going to be fun. One one more thing I want to note is if this race does go green, because you sparked my my memory bank when you said you know, <laughs> someone stinks up the show and then NASCAR brings out the Phantom Caution. If this race does go green, I think there is significant edge on matchups. I think that the guys that hit the setup, the guys that have fast cars, the guys that, that, that have long, gr good, long green flag speed – 
are going to just it's it's going to separate the men from the boys. It's going to separate the good setups from the bad setups. It's going to separate the guys that are fast at this track and the guys that are not. If we get long green flag runs, uh, I think that helps us as gamblers. He, Chris Worm, I, we 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 talk about him all the time, but I really look up to him. I I listen to what he has to say. Uh, and there's a reason his podcast is called Stay Green. We as gamblers look at so much data and so many you know lap times and loop data and uh, comp tracks, and we, we we have a pretty good feel about who's going to be, especially after practice, who's going to be fast, who's at least going to be faster than other guys. So one thing to note: if the race does go green, I think there is tremendous value in playing some matchups. So Rory, uh, what do you think about the changes this week and? Um, what are you looking for with Coda? <clears throat> I think um, you may have talked this race into a tire wear. We'll see. I mean, I mean, that's you answered my question that I was wanting to butt in and ask you in the middle. Oh, of what you have you self-control. Everybody give Rory a clap. Yeah. <laughs> You finally like answered what I was going to ask. Cause I had to keep telling myself the whole time, like what the hell was I going to ask him? And I'm sitting there over and over and over again. And I'm like, bam, there he goes. Finally, what I was going to ask um, about whatever, whoever crew chief, whatever you said yeah, yeah, yeah. thought was, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. There we go. So that, that was going to be my question to you. So well, I nailed it. Um, I like Dinger well, a lot <laughs> over a tire wear race at a road course. I'm just saying. So let me ask you guys like, a question. Let's talk about Dinger for a second. So it was brought up on the NASCAR betting preview show. And it was something I forgot about, but now that someone jogged my memory, the memory bank, is A.J. Allmendinger hates hates his car always hates his car he's always bitching he's got like the kyle bush approach on especially on road courses terrible 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 he could you know his practice times could be 15th or whatever and then he gets in the race and he's a top three car so i guess zach do you you have a feel on betting dinger pre-practice qualifying compared to post my fear is my opinion is do i love the 12 to 1 number no i don't love it. it it if he goes out and wins the race, are any of us going to be surprised? Absolutely not. But what I'm fearful of is that number becoming eight to one and his top three number, top five number becoming near unbettable. So what are your thoughts on AJ Allmendinger pre post practice qualifying? Yeah, I would take a top to top three on him right now. I probably wouldn't bet the outright. I don't know what's up with that team. They seem to always have problems. Um, whether it's like, oh, we broke a clutch in practice or we broke a steering column. So he could end up starting in the you know high 30s, starting at the back. It seems like that happens to him a lot. So I think I, I, I would wait. I, I mean, all, he's going to have a good race. He's going to be one of the guys up front. Um, I, I would definitely like a top three on him right now and, and hope hold out on an alt, uh, outright and just wait and see what you can get. Rory, what do you think? I like it. I I like that. Like that's a, I mean, going into this, the only theory that I really have is I think Larson and Byron both are going to qualify fast as shit. Like like Larson, Larson, 
Yeah. I mean, I think Byron's going to probably be mispriced if they're. I haven't even looked at DK today to see if they're up. Willie B. I probably sport, should. Before. 14 to 1, Willie B. And yes, you said it on the preview show. He had, does have two uh, road course poles in his career. So 14 to 1, fairly big number. Yeah. And as fast as he's been everywhere <laughs> this year, I mean, why not? I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. What are your what are your what, you, maybe are they gonna are they gonna show qualifying on TV? That's a great question. <laughs> what a fucking joke. What yeah. a fucking joke. You mean to tell me Fox Sports Two has something broadcast? Well, I did see I did there? see yes, qualifying is on FS one Saturday morning at eleven thirty Eastern time. Because uh, yeah, NASCAR the, was gonna go go all in and just say fuck it like Allen Iverson. Right? I, 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 okay, to NASCAR's defense. All right, hold on. To NASCAR's defense, I did see Mike Joy tweet out that the practice was a late ad because of the new downforce package, and that they were not planning on having practice, and that by the time they figured out they were holding a practice session, yes, there was a programming that was already scheduled to be on FS1. Big Fox well, and FS2. You have. I know. I know. It's ridiculous. You can live stream this too. That's... Like, I don't know why y'all don't think anybody is interested in this, but you're not doing your sport any favor yep. by pushing the network. That hey, you can't even you can't even stream this over here on the app. At least mm-hmm. everybody can watch it. Just make it where even the public can watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's nascar's biggest problem is they don't promote themselves they rely on fox to promote them the teams the tracks f1 promotes f1 indycar promotes indycar nascar collects checks they don't promote nascar they've uh, lost their way I, well, why everybody talks about the drivers of the 80s and the 90s and even the 2000s i mean those drivers were more publicable, I guess, or however personable. the hell, personable, however the fuck you say it. Like, sorry. <laughs> sorry, mom, if you're listening. Yeah, right. She can't, <laughs> she can't find it. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's just one of those things where I think the drivers are wanting to do that and be that and i think nascar just gets in the way of a lot of stupid shit sometimes well the guy I mean, got in the way of denny last i month. mean I, yeah i mean i understand i understand why i don't understand the points taken away that's kind of personable you know money isn't shit for them for you know something that they may even benefit <laughs> financially from but i mean when you start taking points away that's personable well let's let's not kid ourselves no no, listen if if people watched if enough people watched practice and qualifying they would they would have it they they would broadcast because they would sell commercial spots that it would be worth their time so yes while us three and most of everybody listening to this podcast would absolutely love to watch practice and qualifying and use it for our gambling needs not everybody loves it. Not the, I, I guarantee the All average right, so fan would give a thing, shit about it. Here it is. If you're going to be recording it, 
and then going to be there available to yes. post Great it point. at eight o'clock at night. Why can't you stream it on the Fox no broadcasters? Don't even need I the mean, broadcaster. I mean, does anybody need to be led to the water on yeah. this one? Yeah. I mean, it's not rocket science. <laughs> it's it, it, they just make terrible decisions. So Zach, it's like <laughs> when they go against. Go ahead. It's like when they go against football games on Sunday. Like you start your race at three thirty on a Sunday during football season. That is the absolute worst time. It's the witching hour in football. It's the end of the the early games and the beginning of the late games. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. <laughs> Either get it early or get it late. Like go against one football game instead of twelve. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I'm with you. I'm with you. And the unfortunate, I saw yeah. Derek Yoder tweet out uh, when the the ratings were down for like the fourth consecutive race this year. Uh, Saturday night races. Yes, I love me some Saturday night races. Let me tell you something about Saturday night races. Oh, I yeah. could get a 24-pack of Bush Light, sit my happy ass <sighs> on the couch, and just be fired up. But more the, the, facts, yes. the facts are that more yeah, people no, are they're, they're sitting on their couch on Sunday afternoon watching the TV and not Saturday night. Those are the facts. All right, so here's what I would like. I would like if we've seen more – trucks on friday or saturday night and then the xfinity race after the cup race on sunday that was fun (laughs) like that would be fire i was i enjoyed it at auto club i ain't gonna lie to you all right zach do we think uh, i mean people gotta work let's get back on track here do we that was a good conversation i like that conversation zach do we i'm assuming the answer is that we're not going to have an issue but with practice uh, being taped delayed, does that have any issue in you scrubbing data for us to use going into Saturday and Sunday? Nah, we'll be fine. All right, cool. And uh, we'll, we'll get that. It, it, I, I'll have it. We'll be good. <laughs> Our guy Definitely. always has it. Yes, sir. I always look forward to that email. I gave you a shout out on the show. I don't know if you was listening then. Oh, I was thanks. like, I was like, but even though they're not showing this you know, live and showing it late at night. I'm making sure I'm putting this out everywhere. Like they need to hear this. Absolutely. We, we would really appreciate you if you would put this live stream. I know probably nobody that even gives a shit is listening to this, <laughs> but you never know. I, I just wish they yeah, would I mean, make a product for hardcore fans. NASCAR lacks that. Well, like, I mean, you're I'll trying pay to extra. Get... Yeah. I, I will pay you money. Give me like what Larry Mack has. Yeah. You know, serious. Give yeah. Me that access. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're trying to get into the 18 year old to this, whatever the hell, you know, Gen Z age difference we're talking about here. But I mean, those dudes stay up late. Like I'm raising them now. Like I know this. I have a teenager. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I used to stay up late, but also got up early. It's a new generation. I didn't bubble. sleep. I didn't sleep, man. I, I just rolled. Team no sleep. It, it, yeah. All right. You guys want to roll into some shitbox picks? Sure. All right. We're going to start from the bottom up. We're going to go in chronological order. We're going to start with the trucks. Um, my main man, Roy Picks. I'm going to go first. Then we're going to go to Roy. And then we're going to go to Zach. And we'll do a little... Uh, uh, a little rotation on that going to Xfinity. We'll go Rory, Zach, and then me, and then Cup, 
We'll go Zach, me, and then Rory. So I'll kick us off. Um, I'm going Alex Bo- in the trucks. Alex Bowman, top three at plus 150. The only note that I have here is in parentheses, free money. Okay. Uh, they're, they're one of two guys. Well, I guess three guys that are going to win this race. It's going to be Kyle Busch. It's going to be Alex Bowman. Or it's going to be Zane Smith. Okay. One of these three guys are going to win this race. Okay. The odds have reflected that. And I agree with it. Okay. But I, I, I don't love Kyle Busch at plus 150. Am I going to bet it? Is it going to be on my card? Yes, it is. Uh, but Alex Bowman is currently sitting at like five or six to one, maybe seven to one outright, but his top three number I don't even have to worry about Kyle Busch. I don't, I, don't, I don't have to worry about Zane Smith. I don't have to worry about who wins the race. All I care about is having that Spire truck that's going to be Hendrick-funded, that's going to be Hendrick-set-up, and Alex Bowman last year at Coda uh, could have, should have won the race if it wasn't for a three-wide bumper uh, on the last turn. So give me a little Alex Bowman top three plus 150 for a little truck ship box bet of the week. Rory. What you got in the truck series, dog? I I actually like two plays. All right, in don't the truck me. series. But but if you know if you don't want to lay the coin down on KFB plus one fifty, I mean, give me a break. It's gonna if be laid. It's gonna be laid. Screws this. If nobody, if something does not screw this whole entire thing up like last year. And I can understand why you're taking Bowman because he's intertwined in this. I think KFB, Bowman, take both of them outright, then throw maybe a little Zane Smith top three in there, wherever his best price is. Like, I haven't taken Zane. I have taken Alex Bowman. I have what, taken what number did you get Bowman Kyle in? Bush. Was it like five to I have one? Five, five, fifty. Five and a half, yeah. Five fifty. Okay. I, yeah, I don't, I don't and Bush at plus one fifty. Yeah, so that's my outlook on on that because I can tell you right now, if this race stays green, Zane Smith's gonna be inside the top three at the end of this because Zane Smith is a road course dude, probably the best one in the trucks. I mean, outside of. Like my man Highline said earlier when I sent a matchup in, just asking him, like, thoughts on this. He spits out pit stop information and says, well, this race isn't just come down pit road. Everybody doesn't lose their positions and comes back out there. So I've kind of backed off Klingerman a little bit in the trucks. I think if they get a long green flag run and tires or pit stop or something at the end of the race that actually matters, I think he can be up there, but maybe not a guy that you can trust in a matchup. So I appreciated his advice earlier on that. Absolutely. Zach, I know you're not a big truck guy, but uh, I know you got a little something, something cooked up your sleeve. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I hate the number on Kyle Bush, but you can't ignore how great he is in the trucks. So I, I think a creative way to get exposure to Kyle is to pick him to win the truck race and Ty Gibbs or, um, yeah, I like, or AJ Allmendinger to win the Xfinity. Uh, I'm not usually big on parlaying races, but I believe at road courses, it's more likely 
um, just because I, I, a favorite tends to win more at road courses. Just in my mind, the, the best car tends to win more. So um, I think that's just a, a way to get you a little exposure. Uh, I think it's like uh, plus 650 or plus 700, uh, that parlay. And if you wanted to take it a step further, you could probably add Kyle Larson in the Cup Series or someone else you think, you know, maybe you think AJ is going to win. I just think this is a week to try to take a shot at that. Maybe uh, round robin, three winners, one from each race. I like it. I I I I do. I've just started doing the outright parlay of the week. I have yet to hit one, uh, but we'll be back at it this week. I have yet to figure. I've yet to uh, to lay down a round robin, but that might be a little something up the sleeve. We might have to work with this week. That sounds like a little bit of fun, huh? <coughs> Excuse me, Jesus. Uh, try to pull out an accent there, and I started ch- choking on my own spit. All right, uh, Rory, uh, I'm throwing to you here next uh, for the Xfinity shitbox bet of the week, and I hope you're ready because I got I have an absolute fucking winner. Okay, when I tell you that I have a winner, so you better be coming guns blazing for the Xfinity series. Let me have it. I I have a winner too, and his name is Ty Gibbs. All right, plus five hundred. He he's gonna put on. I think he's gonna put it on. Like he he's proven that he can beat Kyle Larson on a road course. I mean, part of that was Kyle Larson just completely screwing the restart up, and then Gibbs jumped on it. He was aggressive. I think he's gonna be a, be aggressive in this race. I I think Wormy said it well earlier when. He was talking about, you know, Gibbs doesn't seem as aggressive in the Cup Series because he's still getting used to this car, hasn't had as much, you know. He wasn't even prepping simulation time, you know, on this coming in. It was pretty much just he simulated like the night before maybe or whatever, you know, when he jumped in, jumped in the race. No, had no simulation time and jumped in the race car at Pocono that weekend when he took over for Kurt Busch. And I think he's, I think he's just trying to figure out how to race, you know, maybe he's doing it the right way. Not, not out there, Jeff Gordon at tearing up shit you know, all the time. I mean, everybody knew Jeff Gordon was going to be awesome. I mean, you could tell it. He he had the talent, but it took him a little while to figure out how to drive, drive these cars. And a lot of times that's what happens with these guys that are really fast later on in the career. And I think him dropping back down in the Xfinity series, a series he just won the championship in, Dude gonna be down there trying to represent, mm-hmm. you know. I like it. I I it's tough with Dinger in the field, but now you got Ty Gibbs in the field, kind of the, the same thing. He's beat him before. Yeah, he has plenty of times. And lest I remind myself, uh when Ty Gibbs first race, uh two thousand twenty one Xfinity Daytona Road Course, uh Worm talked about it on the preview show. I was Ty Gibbs fade heavy i mean heavy i'm like this kid ain't got shit he's in this ride because of his grandfather well the first year he went full-time uh the mother trucker wins the xfinity title so uh i like ty gibbs on a road course he's he's beat these guys plenty of times before 
So why can't he do it again? All right, I'm going. Uh, we just talked about him in the trucks, uh, but I really love him in Xfinity. That's old Parker Kligerman. I was on a had a big old ticket last week, uh, thirty three to one. I have him and already. Damn right, and I got Let's a go. big old ticket on him already for the in the Xfinity race. Um, but my yes. shitbox bet of the week is going to be Parker Kligerman top three seven to one. Uh, top five was like plus two fifty. I think I saw on Caesars. I really like that. Um, Parker Kligerman. Now the difference and and Zach, you, w- Roy was alluding to it earlier with kind of talking him off the cliff of the uh, the pit crew and trucks, which I agree with. Um, but he's got this RCR affiliation, uh, and we've seen some guys, some fast guys in this forty eight car in years past. I can't imagine the pit crew is going to be a slouch. Okay, so. I, I love him to win the race yeah. at twenty eight to one. I love him top three at seven to one. Uh Zach, any thoughts on Kligerman or, or Pit Crew? I don't yeah, I think the, the Pit Crew thing's only a concern in the truck series, mm-hmm. uh with that Henderson team. I, I think they only have like one or two full time employees. Um and they could have a, a good pit crew this year. I could be wrong, but but last year it was pretty bad. Um for Xfinity, um it's going to be Almendinger, Byron, and Gibbs up front. Um, and the thing I like betting them the most about is I don't have to worry that they're going to try to take stage points. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're there to win the race. So they're going to do everything they can to win and be on the optimal strategy. Um, so I would say those three are probably up front. Um, the the bet I like the most at this time um, is a head-to-head, and, and I would probably wait until after practice to bet this, but I like Cole Custard over Aus- Austin Hill. He's uh, minus 115. Uh, Cole is a really good road course racer. Um, he was pretty good last year. He just had equipment fail on him a lot. I think he's in better equipment now that will not fail, and I would put him as the fourth, fourth best, you know, just behind those top three guys. Yeah, I like Cole Custer. I have Cole Custer at a top five at plus money. I think plus one twenty five, plus one thirty, somewhere that. Yeah, that's that, nice. That my local threw out at me. So yeah, that'll be a, a two units at least, um, and then we might throw a little bit of extra coin after practice and qualifying just to just to confirm our speculations on Custer. Hasn't really had a great start to the season, but uh, I expect that to turn around. I know I saw a, a little snippet on uh, Reddit said Riley Herbst has. Uh, finish better than Cole Custer in like every race this year, four out of the five or whatever it's been. So uh, one more guy that I like in the Xfinity series. Now uh, we had Steve Carnes on the show. If you guys don't know who Steve Carnes is, he's a nine race sponsor of Jeremy Clements. And he came on the show and said that they've got some help from ECR from the Hendrick engines. Uh, and last week at Atlanta was the debut and uh, they will have it again this week at Coda. He is, and by the way, I heard on Allgaier's radio during the Xfinity race that the 50, he felt like the 51 had an unrestricted engine. And if you did watch Jeremy Clements in that race, he was going three wide with no help and passing cars. So uh, I believe it, and I'm taking it to the bank this week. Jeremy Clements is currently at 300 to one outright. Now, is that burning money? Yes, probably, especially with Gibbs in the field, especially uh, with Byron in the field, with Dinger in the field. It, yes, it's probably burning money. However, you're mistaken if you don't think that I'm laying coin on Jeremy Clements this week. Outright, we'll get a little sprinkle. Top three, 60 to one, we'll get a little sprinkle. Top five, 18 to one, that'll get more than a sprinkle, okay? If it's true 
that he's going to have a Hendrick engine. If he's going to have some help. Okay. I, yes, they only have four full-time employees. Uh, it's a small team. He won Daytona last year by the skin of his teeth, but he has won on a road course earlier in his career. Uh, Jeremy Clements is a guy to look out for this week. So, um, Zach, I'm going to throw it back to you. Let's move the cup now. I'm going to throw it back to you. Uh, give me your shit box bet of the week. I know this is this is typically your bread and butter, so I'm looking forward to this yeah. play. Um, just just to add on uh, Jeremy Clements, or, uh, that race he won in Road America, I'm, I'm pretty sure was a fuel mileage gamble. So that that's good to know. Like, hey, they're willing to take the chance. Mm-hmm. They're willing to gamble. Sure. I, I think when we're road course racing without predetermined cautions, you need a crew chief and a driver that are in a position to gamble. Someone's going to try a fuel strategy um, if the tires don't matter. So you got to look for guys that are like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So for the cup race, and this is, I just think that this team found something Um, they've had a lot of extra practice laps. Um, and that's the Hendrick team. I think Larson is going to come out and whoop them. Uh, I think all the work that they're doing with the Garage 56 car, uh, uh, for those not aware, Chevy and Hendrick are taking a car to run at Le Mans. Um, they did tons of testing at Charlotte and Daytona road courses. Um, I think they found something, and I think that showed with how Larson and Byron have just been dominating this season when speed kind of matters um daytona and atlanta you know there's super speedways speed really doesn't matter it's a drafting skill it's different um and auto club was basically kyle bush had the best car he's good at saving tires so it it just suited him um i think this this race is going to suit larson I think he's going to be the guy that gives us the big stinker. Um, so hopefully it stays green. Um, I have, I've actually, actually talked to Wormy about this. Um, it, hashtag stay green. If it would have stayed green this season, I'm up about 85 units. Um, with the late race caution, I'm up five units. Yeah, <laughs> welcome so. to NASCAR. <laughs> It's it, it's been a rough couple two races, so um, just to, you know, I haven't lost money because my head to heads basically cover mm-hmm. my other bets. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about. Garage. I honestly go ahead finish up. I, I just try to get who I think is going to be the best guy that week to start, and, and I just think Larson is going to do it. And um, an interesting bet that I haven't seen this season, but I liked a lot last season was you were able to get um, some sites would have pull winner to win the race mm-hmm. if you can if you find that somewhere that is a good bet um it's usually plus 700 plus 800 and, and that would be more than what larson is right now mm-hmm. so let's talk about garage so I would look for that. yeah that so my quick comment on larson is yes i i'm, I'm betting him now uh before before practicing qualifying because like you just said if he goes up there and stinks the show which he has been known to do uh, if he goes out there and sits it on pole, uh, those odds are four and a half to one, five to one, maybe even shorter than that. Um, especially if yeah, it's pr- he'll, he, 
If he dominates practice and then puts it on the pole, uh, I could see him being three to one. Yeah, absolutely. So that that's a that's yeah, a bet totally that you guys. Agree. Yeah, that's a bet that you guys need to get in. That I will be getting in. I already before te- practice. I text Mark <laughs> this morning. <laughs> I was like, Kyle Larson's gonna go out there and whoop the field. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Chase, if Chase Elliott was still here, then maybe we'd have a discussion between those two, but I, I really think they found something. I think they're on something. Um, if you think that it's a team Chevy thing, then maybe Kyle Busch goes out and puts out a stinker. But I, I think Hendrick is keeping that in-house. So I think Hendrick has the advantage yeah. here. Yeah, let's talk yeah, about I, Grice. I think they're, go, go ahead. I, I just think they're on it. They're the they've adjusted the best. They're on it right now. Why the hell do you think they built basically a car that looks like a cup car? Yeah, well, yeah. Let's talk about that. So, yes, I agree with what you're saying, Zach. That Garage Fifty Six has clearly given them an edge, and what we'll really see this weekend. I mean, obviously, the Garage Fifty Six, the Lamar car, is going was is a road course. All the testing that's been going on is the road course, but. They also have all the simulation time. They also have all of this external data that none of the other teams have. Um, can, can you use any of that with with uh, Jordan Taylor at all? I, I heard a couple guys earlier tonight on the betting preview show. They like they loved Logano over Jordan Taylor, but I just I haven't mustered up the confidence to fade this Garage Fifty Six entry. And Jordan Taylor being a guy that has already got laps in that car. Uh, yes, his first laps in a cup car are going to be in practice on Friday. But do you have a grip on Jordan Taylor and, and matchups or anything this week? I, I wouldn't make him show you a little practice first. Mm-hmm. I would say that. But, I mean, he is in the best position that a road course ringer has been in in a very long time, maybe since, um, I got, I'm older, maybe since Scott Pruitt used to be in like the 41, uh, Chip Ganassi car at road courses. Um, I just, he has the best chance. Will it translate? I I don't know. I I need to see practice. I got to see something first. I I wouldn't bet that either way right now. I I wouldn't be confident in Logano or Jordan Taylor, but he has a chance, I think. Yeah. To top 10. Top 10 chance. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, uh, speaking of road course ringers, uh, I'm going – well, I guess he's not a ringer. Any, he's definitely not a ringer anymore um, because that term is the guys that come in, like Scott Pruitt, like Boris said back in the day. Dinger did it a couple yeah. times. Yeah, come in. Well, that's the guy I'm going with. A.J. Allmendinger, top 10, minus 135, lock, Okay. Uh, Caesars is like minus 250. Barstool is minus 135. I saw a screenshot earlier today. Today is Wednesday. I saw a screenshot earlier today on Hard Rock. He was minus 110. Uh, I tweeted that out. Chris Worm decided to respond to it and say not anymore with a winky face. So I assume that he got down on that. Uh, His name has been mentioned far too many times on this podcast tonight. But A.J. Allmendinger, we've talked about him. All podcast. We're we're gonna talk about him every single road course that comes about. Okay, and the books are going to continue to give us these absurd top ten lines. It's just like for me. It's just like betting Bowman on a mile and a half top ten at even money. It's like betting Kyle Larson on any sort of oval at top five even money. It's AJ Allmendinger on a road course 
top 10 at minus 135. I would bet this all the way to minus 150. Yes, there's a chance that he stinks up the show like we were talking earlier or stinks up his own show uh, in practice, breaks a drive shaft, whatever, rack and pinion, steering goes out, clutch, you name it, it'll probably happen. And then this number will be even money or like plus 105, plus 110. But I'm not taking the chance. I'm betting A.J. Allmendinger before Friday's practice for a top 10. Lock it in. Minus 135. If you don't love the juice, well, I don't know if any books allow you to parlay top 10s. But if you could parlay a top 10 with something else, that might be a little juicy. Uh, All right, Rory. uh, You're the last one, last pick of the show. Shitbox bet of the week, Cup Series. It can't be Larson. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was getting ready to say. Like, I knew, I knew. That, that well, I, I think all three of us are in agreement that Kyle Larson is, yes, we, we're on Kyle Larson this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Somebody I'm going to go with that I really do think has a chance to win this. I think he's always up there in road courses, like no matter what ends up happening, um, Austin Sendrick, mm-hmm. top five. I'm just looking at a book right now. Like, I wanted to give out something else because, I mean, I do love Larson. Absolutely. Coming in to this. And I think he's going to qualify well. And if he qualifies well, his that number is not going to be there. Mm-hmm. So, you, you might as well sprinkle some on him, in my opinion, to just go on into qualifying, hope you hit him on the pole, and then – roll with it in the Sunday and hope for the best in strategy and whatever else happens. So, I mean, I, I think Cendric, I've hit him quite a few times on top fives at road courses at stupid numbers. Kinda. I mean, I always feel pretty confident. I mean, not really stupid numbers. I mean, I think uh, early on, you probably could have got him at like three or something. I mean, so I don't consider two, you might be able to get it on Barstool or somewhere right now at like 250 or a little bit better. Just shop it around. So I have an idea. So I'm going to top your, uh, Zach, your 7-1 to one pole sitter to win the race. How about mm-hmm. if you take Kyle Larson plus 550 on Barstool right now to sit on the pole, qualifying bet, plus 550, you put 100 bucks on it. Okay, now you have $550. And uh, Kyle Larson is going to be on the pole. Okay, I just did my math at him being six and a half to one, but let's just say he's four to one. So now you got five hundred fifty dollars times four. That'll net you back twenty two hundred buckaroos. All right, fuck the seven to one. Let's just double down. All right, we're gonna we're gonna put a hundred bucks on Larson to win the pole, and then we're gonna take that five hundred fifty dollars. We're gonna put it on Larson four to one, twenty two hundred buckaroos. That's a great outlook because I've heard somebody else say this. <laughs> I don't know who it is. Like, uh, actually, it's Polly in our little Twitter golf chat room talking about like if why not take this guy to lead, you know, end around leader, and then put it all on him again at outright instead of the bullshit boost thing that they offer out there. So you're on to something. Hey, I like it. Bookmakers, come talk to me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, anything else to add for Coda? I'm I'm about coded out until uh, until we see some practice and qualifying. I'll just add a couple of things real quick. On Austin Cindric, uh in my notes last year, he raced for stage points a lot. 
so that that probably helps you out this year he probably won't be um that's going to be a big thing we don't know like in my mind byron and kyle bush are in the best position to gamble they already have wins so they're locked in but they're also in the best position to just get stage wins and get some playoff points if they want so you got to pay attention you got to see um and just to give you a stat on for larson um laps in the top three last year on road courses chase elliott's number one 39 percent he's hurt he's not there reddick is second 38 percent i think that's more of a car factor so i i don't i i, I wouldn't i would discount him also larson is at 28 percent so of all the six races last year 28 percent of the laps he was in the top three damn that's the third highest the next guy larson's at 28 the next person uh ooh, 16 and that is ryan blaney oh so it, it's just a big jump from those top three down like that's what i'm saying like it's sure. just I can't get away from Larson. Yeah, not, not with all this. And that that backs up what you were saying about you know the fast cars are going to win these road course races unless you know we see some shit like an Indy Road where they you know wreck fifteen of them in one corner on a green white checker, yeah. right? Obviously, uh, but we don't have manufactured cautions this week. And you just threw out two names uh, that I am eyeing this week: Ryan Blaney, uh, disrespected on the books. Um, let me pull up my Ryan Blaney stats. He is a a slept on road course racer. So he won his first race at Penske uh, on a road course, the Char- Charlotte Roval, albeit Truex and Jimmy Jam uh, wrecked in the last corner. Um, but he had a stretch in the last couple of years where he had four straight top ten finishes on road courses. He sat on the pole last year at this race at Coda, um, and he had the fourth fastest total speed ranking at Coda last year, and then the tenth fastest total speed ranking on all road courses last year and then you want to throw in he's got the fourth most laps run on the top three on road courses last year he's sitting at like three to one plus 315 for a top five he's at plus 105 for a top 10 i don't have his outright number in front of me but i guarantee it's at least 20 to 1 22 to 1 whatever it is i i just feel like ryan blaney's getting disrespected this week yeah and i think i even remember like the the, the one year they did the clash on the uh, Roval at Daytona, uh-huh. I'm pretty sure he, he was going to win that and then Chase yep. wrecked him. Yep. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, I, I could see Blaney top three, top five. Um, he has his finishes. I think uh, it looks like he was sixth, sixth, 11th, and then probably got caught up and stuff at 26. Yeah, he did. Yeah, two of those he did. Yeah, he got wrecked. Yeah, I mean, I also, a metric I use is just something I created myself. Instead of fast laps, I use, like, a hot lap, and it's all laps under a certain threshold. Um, that way, I'm, I, I don't I don't really care who was the first fastest. I want to know who's all fast. Mm-hmm. So, um, and Blaney, he's, he's up there on that list, too. Uh, you know, after, of course, you know, Chase Elliott, Larson and Reddick from last year, but he, he seems to be a, the, the fourth, fifth guy, probably with AJ Allmendinger. Um, AJ driving wise is probably, you know, one of the best. It's just, 
you know, car thing with him. Absolutely. You have Blaney at that number somewhere? Yeah, 20 to 1. Where is he that? Well, he's 20 to 1 on Barstool right now. I got him at 19 to 1 on my local. So, I'm on him. I'm on him, buddy. Yeah, he's 18 out there still where I see him. I must have overlooked him at that. That's not a bad number at all on him. I mean, Indy Road, of course, like uh, you were just talking about, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Somebody talking about mm-hmm. it? Yeah. He stayed in the top three the whole damn race almost yeah. after after getting out front. He might be, uh, and just the thought, just looking at the stats, he might be better suited for the stadium-style row courses, uh, the Indy row course, the Roval, and if they ever did Daytona again, um, those might be where he's better shot at winning. But he, he's a solid row course racer. Good point. That's a good point. All right, Rory, uh, you got anything else to add? I'm about to wrap this shindig up, dog. Yeah, I think we're, I think we're good. I think that was a good show. I think, hey, I think uh, we were pretty efficient tonight, like, all right? We had a little tangent with Arby's and golf and, and children, okay? But I think we held it together pretty yeah. damn well this week. You know, you got Rory's stories packed in the middle. Damn right. What, what else is better other than a beef and cheddar? <laughs> Because you know what the beef and cheddar, you know what the beef and cheddar oh, represents. Winners. Hey, that represents winners. Because if you win all the series, you got to eat like that many beef and cheddar. Damn Jeez. fucking right. All right, Zach. I appreciate <laughs> you, man. We look forward to your content every week, um, and uh, especially this week. We got a, we got a longer practice session this week. Um, I, I I I want I failed to mention this, uh, but Phoenix. Um, your practice chart, and I know that it's it's available for everybody, but I'm giving you credit because you're the one that makes it pretty, and you put it out there, and that's the one I look at. The Kyle Larson amount of green that was coming after practice uh, after Phoenix and him running like eight, however many 80-something percent of the laps in the top three at Phoenix. Um, anyway, I'm we had a 50-minute practice session then. We got another 50-minute practice session. Uh, this week so looking forward to that thanks for all you do and uh keep trucking along my man no problem thanks for having me we appreciate it thanks guys we were excited because i was like when do you want to come on and he was like coda that's what he said he didn't even ask if it was available whatever (laughs) i'm like yeah you can come on for coda i love the road courses dude so do i I like the road courses yeah, I it, have became a road course guy. I want to go to one. I've never been. Dude, I haven't been to a race since I was 18. Oh, we got to change 42. that, dude. We got to change that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any interest in Let's going? Go to, you ought to come to Dover. You want to go to Dover? I, that's right. I'm going. I used to go there all the time. That's right. That's, I've been to Dover and Pocono. Nice. All right. So you want to go? <laughs> Can you bet in Delaware? That's my big problem. Yeah, right they now. got the casino. Right yeah, I think you can you bet. Can't and yeah, I think you can. And it's really? sports. Yeah, Maybe. and it's sports. I'll have to see. Yeah. Which, oh, they only have one race now. When is it? Yeah, I have no idea. May. April 30th. Yeah, probably not because my wife will kill me. <laughs> I got it. That, you guys are going to kill me next week because I'm going on a trip, so I won't I won't be around, so there'll be no Richmond data. Oh, uh, shit. All right, we'll have to – well, shit. I might have to get a crash course and go pull it myself. Damn. I mean – I. I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll probably still send it to you guys, but I probably won't post on Twitter. Fair enough. There we go. Because I'll, well, I'll be in no condition. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Where are y'all headed? I, Where are y'all headed? We'd, appre- we'd appreciate it. 
Uh, Deep Creek, Maryland. Nice. Don't know anything about it. You yeah. eat some crab cakes? <laughs> uh, no, there's a barbecue place there that's awesome. Oh, maybe a couple cocktails? Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. A couple cocktails. Uh, it's, it's a debauchery weekend. Man. <laughs> I it's love just, it. It's me and a bunch of guys that I went to high school with. We've been friends since then. We're still friends. And we take, it, you know, when everyone gets married, you have your bachelor parties. Well, when you get older, that stops. Everyone is either married or never getting married. So we're like, we still want to do this. So we, we, we have a yearly trip we all go on. That's it's, awesome. Uh, like and eight, eight to ten of us. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. All right, boys. Let's Hell pass yeah. some bets this weekend. I'll be, uh, we'll be seeing you. Zach, thanks again for coming on. Rory, great job keeping it together this week. That was a great show. <laughs> Beer, don't. Beer don't. Peace, guys.